Man, it feels good to be living eternally. I'm forgiven without a care in the world. Just catch me coasting and dipping. Catch me moving around. I love exploring this world. In and out of my town, I walk around. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Dat Postmill Podcast, where the games are made up and the points don't matter. Or in this case, the episode doesn't matter because it's just Colin and I again, and we're going to talk about me. So feel free to just <laughs> skip ahead to the end where we say check us out next week and have a good week. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think it was your idea, right? To um, well, not to, to do not sort to, of a get to, to know, sort sort of a well, but to do a get to know your host thing because people don't necessarily know very much about us, and it might be helpful, right? To uh, to get to know us a little bit. I thought of a good name. We can call it Gorilla Host. Gorilla Host? No, it sounds like that. Grill a host. Grill a host. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant like gorilla, like gorilla warfare, and I was no, like, I'm, huh? I'm stealing it from uh, is it the the Unbelievable podcast with Justin Brierly. I haven't listened to him in like I don't know five years, but I think he had a. I don't know if he still does it, but it was like a grill an atheist or oh, it was grill a Christian or something like that. They would bring oh. atheists on to grill the Christian. ask questions. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. So how have you been, Dustin? Pretty good. Just it's uh, been really hot up here in Minnesota. It's uh, it, I don't know what it is. If it's with age, I'm just becoming more accustomed to the uh, Canadian style of winter. But it's I oh it was like 80s and humid. And we, as soon as we go outside with the kids, I'm like oh let's just go back inside and sit in the air conditioning. I just I don't know. And maybe if I lived somewhere that was hot all the time, I'd get used to it. And I know I'd like it if I could be from by water by a lake. But just being outside, I just I don't like the heat right now. <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah how like what kind of like high 80s mid 80s low 80s i mean, I mean 80s it, is it hot got enough, up to high but... 80s but even oh, like wow. mid 80s when it's just the sun beating down on you i just especially when it's humid yeah and you walk out and you're already wet and you're just sweating and smelling just because it's instantly hot yeah not good i don't know i've been to minnesota too long i guess yeah what are you gonna do yeah, what's what's California like? I mean, this time of year, it's Just it's pretty hot, painful. but it's it hasn't been as hot as some summers. I guess it usually gets, especially in in the high desert, it tends to get hotter towards the end of summer. So hmm. like uh, August tends to be the hottest month. Yeah, but it's like it's, it's actually not been as hot as it has been in the past. It's a, I think it got over a hundred maybe once so far, which usually hmm. usually it gets up over a hundred for a couple weeks at least. Oh yeah. And I'm I'm living in a city that's not quite as hot as where I was before, okay. but I mean it's been like it's been like high 80s, maybe mm-hmm. maybe maybe mid 90s in the hottest part of the day, but it's not too bad. Man, I don't know. I would have to. My a coworker of mine is moving to Arizona this week, and I'm like, oh man, that'd be so nice, go down south. But I was thinking about it, like, yeah, I don't know if I could live in Arizona. And I was like, you know, yeah, the, the only reason I would hard. move to Arizona is if I got if I could get a job at Apologia. <laughs> if I got a job there, it might be worth going there. So maybe if, if cool. they ever needed another digital guy, that's probably the only reason I would ever move to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I th- I think the Arizona tends to be similar to where I'm at hmm. um, in in the in weather, except that they get thunderstorms and we hardly ever do. And they have oh, monsoon really? season. So when it gets hot rain. there, yeah. it's dry heat sometimes. And other times it's like the muggiest heat that you've ever been in. And it's really, really, really hot. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not a fan of muggy, but I love thunderstorms. We had one last night that, I mean, it was like ripped up trees and bleachers at the the Brainerd International Speedway up here. Just it just tore apart all over northern Minnesota. But so you were excited just, about that? Oh, it was awesome. I love thunderstorms. <laughs> I love laying in bed, cool. head next to the window, and you can just hear it. Just the thunderstorm, mm-hmm. the thunder and lightning. Oh yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's cool to get thunderstorms down here when we do because it's just rare. I think there was one time that a that a thunderstorm rolled over the mountains, and um, I'm just south of the mountains and lower in elevation from on the other side of the mountains, and so hmm. the uh, I, I I did a video on my just took a video on my phone for a few for a minute or so, but it was like there was lightning actually occurring rather frequently, and we just never get that here. People were freaking out. It was pretty fun. Wow. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I pity you. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get started. We need to get to know Dustin because last week apparently was get to know Colin and mm-hmm. I was not aware of this. So yeah. let's get to know Dustin. Get a drink or something. This isn't going to be very interesting. No, it's going to be <laughs> awesome. So how how long have you known the Lord? Um, You know, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I think I've gone back and forth on it. Um, I'm pretty sure I got saved um, maybe in like eighth grade ninth grade somewhere in there i think probably eighth grade um i grew up in a in a family that uh, didn't go to church regularly um my uh my mom's sister's family so my aunt uncle and them they all went to church regularly and the only thing i remember is maybe once or twice a year going um going to their church it was a it's a big mega church in the cities um very word of faith you might have heard of anyone in the cities knows of its um living word mac hammond he has the the Winner's Way on TV every Sunday. I don't know if it's still on, but probably. Um, huge church. But that's all I remember is going to that periodically growing up. And I don't I, I don't know if it was just uh, my mom felt like it was a good environment to bring us into um, just to, you know, listen. But uh, we never, I didn't grow up going to church for the first half of my life. Um, my, I definitely, my mom was, so my parents are divorced. That's why I keep referring to my mom. My dad's still in my life, but I, I, I grew up with my mom. So my mom definitely was uh, taught us morals, right from wrong. She, 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 you know, she she understands what's what's good and what's wrong, just as we know through Romans one that everyone knows that, um, and that's pretty much most of what I had growing up until we uh, we moved. We lived about an hour north of the cities, north of St. Paul in Minnesota here, and we moved down to White Bear Lake, which is just a, a northern suburb of St. Paul when I was in between uh, sixth and seventh grade. And at that point, moved here and we, uh, uh, we rented out one of our rooms in our, in our house to a young lady. I think she must have been um, maybe 20 or so at the time. And she invited us to go to church, to her church down the street. And we went a few times. And then my mom stopped attending when I kept going. She, when we first started going, it was, she forced me to go to the youth group, which I, I did not want to go to at all. I didn't know anybody in this town. So I just really did not want to. But as soon as I started going, of course, it was, it's a non-denominational Baptist church. It was lots of fun and games. So the, the youth group was easy to connect to people. And so I liked it right away. And then at that point, my mom stopped going. And then it was just me. And I kind of took the initiative to go on my own, got rides to church on Sunday and, it was, you know, it was made a lot of good friends. And so I, I made, it was, it was really important in my life at the time because I didn't know anybody in the area. 
but then you know within a year mm. probably just hearing the gospel and all that um got baptized uh, i was baptized lutheran as a baby we can save that debate for another show whether that was a legitimate baptism or not and i should have been rebaptized but not knowing anything i of course you know i um i don't even honestly i don't know why but i i don't even remember necessarily praying a prayer like having a certain point where that happened i'm sure i did but uh, my youth pastor baptized me and um yeah just at that point i just was connected in the church there's a time um when i didn't basically when i stopped going for maybe like a year or so i just got different friends and kind of fell into the wrong crowd the the lord definitely blessed me with keeping me out of you know drugs and alcohol all that all that kind of scene um so that's good but i mean yeah, there's, there was about a year where I just I just didn't go and you, know, you hang out with friends who just they don't they don't know the Lord they don't talk about that stuff and you know run around at night and you know whatever just do stupid kid stuff but um, then eventually I started going back again and that's kind of when I started growing in the faith more when I early stages of meeting my now wife and that relationship growing and moving churches and all that stuff so I I didn't grow up in the faith but I've known the Lord for, I mean, probably about 15 years now, I would say. You're so old. I'm 30. I turned 30 a few months ago, yeah. <laughs> I feel old, but I'm young. So how did how did you meet your wife? <laughs> um, so her family started going to the church. So this church that I went to, that non-denominational church, I went there for, uh, I don't know, 10 years maybe. Um, her family started going to that church. And my wife, she's got a fascinating story, but they uh, lived in Mexico for a while as missionaries. And when they started going to our church, her dad offered to take our youth group down to Mexico to where they used to do mission work um, on a mission trip, just to, you know, do the typical, you know, uh, bring a bunch of toys and things for the kids and help build a half a wall in a church and, you know, whatever, help the kids. So we did that. And uh, so I met, that's where I met her just in like the planning, you know, the the car washes and the making signs. And the, I think we did like a Mexican night where we made tacos for everybody to raise money and all those, all those fun things. Um, so that's where we met and um, just kind of became friends in the process, me, her, and then my best friend at the time, still my good friend. Um, but the three of us kind of clicked and we hung out all the time. And especially um, after we got back from the mission trip, that's when we uh, started, I think we started dating like a few months into that fall year which was our senior year um and then yeah so we started hanging out and that's when we officially started dating uh we we broke up for about a year i think year a year and a half uh, after high school and then got back together again just remained friends and um then yeah that's just after that we about a year later we got married so her her family actually left the, that church that's that they started going to the one i grew up in not long after we got back from the mission trip, just some conflict issues. And obviously once we were planning on getting married, it was I kind of had that conversation of obviously we need to be going to church together and I don't want her to feel uncomfortable going to the church that I grew up in and we wanted to be together. And we were, I was, uh, I, sp I went, I took one year in Bible college, but I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And that's when I started learning theology. And uh, I was at that point where, I started changing my views on things and saw things differently than the church I was going to. And so uh, it was a good time to 
look elsewhere. And uh, so we started, we really, I read a book by John Piper in that college. So we're like, hey, let's go check out Bethlehem Baptist. Um, went there, just fell in love with it, loved it, didn't know anything about Calvinism. So that was kind of my introduction. Yeah, we both just loved it, just listening to him every Sunday and learning and growing. And that, that started our our uh, our Reformation. We met with some friends who talked to us about um, infant baptism at the time because we were when we got pregnant and we got married, they're like, hey, have you ever thought about this? And I was like, no, I'm not Catholic. Why would I baptize my baby? <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, I met with them to talk about it, and it, it made sense. And at that point, we just kept reforming, and we just didn't stop. So eventually we had to leave to find a PCA church. And you you're, you stopped reforming after you went to a PCA church? Uh, no, we, we, we still <laughs> <Just> continue <laughs> reforming. Because now I'm, now I'm post-mill and all these other wonderful things. <laughs> I don't know when it'll stop. <laughs> So. Okay, cool. So you so you ended up you ended up learning about Calvinism while you were at uh, John Piper's church. Yes. Yep. And uh, what was the next theological step in the Reformation? Paedobaptism. Yep. So we just okay. going there was straight Calvinism, um, and then when we got pregnant, uh, this uh, mentor family friend of ours couple that we just absolutely love. Um, they're wonderful people and still in our life today been blessed by them immensely he grew up in the pca his dad's a pca elder and so he was just asked one day when we were at a we were just hanging out in a small group of families get together he's like hey have you ever thought about this and i was like no he's like would you want to meet to talk about it and i was like oh sure because i you know i trust him he's a very very godly man and we've learned a ton from him and his wife and how they raise their kids so we just i think it was maybe two maybe three mornings saturday mornings at caribou and i took a lot of notes and studied up and it it really wasn't i don't know it wasn't it was a drawn up drawn up process maybe a month or two just because i didn't study it consistently but the more i you know read up on it mm. it just it just seemed to make sense um it's funny because one thing i i went to was the sprawl macarthur debate and everyone on each side is like oh yeah macarthur totally beat him everyone says oh sprawl totally beat him depending on what side you're on but that was a yeah. big one for me. It actually helped me a lot. Just the way he clarified things and just simple things like, oh, you know, Pastor MacArthur, I don't know if you called him John. We were at the table and um, he made a comment that he was the only man at the table who believes in believer's baptism. And he was he was joking, but he was like, I got to call him out because he was lying because we all believe in believer's baptism. And we just also believe in baptizing infants of believing parents. Um, so little things like that that just help clarify things and you know what what is baptism it's a sign of christ's work it's not a it's not a, a sign of something that you've done an action that i've made um so just looking at things differently so his that that actually yeah. the way his talk in that i guess it wasn't a formal debate but that helped a lot so that was definitely the the first big step and then from there i just was loving anything reformed um got into a lot of podcasts and stuff how did you get into postmillennialism? Uh, actually, from them too. I don't. Uh, eschatology must have just come up. We we have the small group we meet with, my family, them, and then another young family that they mentored. The three of us get together maybe once a month, and I, I'm assuming eschatology just came up once. And it, it might have been around the time of the the evening of eschatology that Bethlehem College and Seminary hosted, uh, where Piper moderated. It was Doug Wilson for Post Mill, Sam Storms for Amill, and Jim Hamilton for Pre Mill. And I was super excited when they 
when they announced that because I I never really studied eschatology and it was, it was intriguing. You know, I grew up reading all the the kids left behind books and all that stuff. So it was it was I was excited to learn more about it. So I was, I was front row for that at Bethlehem, <laughs> taking notes in my throwing binder, and I didn't understand anything they were saying because that was the first time I'd ever like read about it. But uh, so he introduced me, the, one of our mentors, the family, to postmillennialism and lent me Chilton's book. Paradise Restored? Yeah, Paradise or, Restored. Okay. Yep. And uh, I didn't actually read the whole thing, but that gave me a little sampling. And then, um, I th- honestly, a lot of, it sounds weird, but a lot of my beliefs now that I hold came from Facebook. Um, I, it, it all really started out with uh, CFDD, the non-kinist yeah. one, the what is it? Calvinism, Calvinism Calvinist, fellowship, fellowship, debate, debate and movement. discussion. Yeah. So that was a lot. Like I really, I, you know, I saw that people who were prominent posters. I mean, I still remember you know, Jonathan Williams, Rick Appleton, just these names that are out there that I just always saw speaking truth. And I'm like, Oh, that makes sense. Um, I don't even know if they're post mill, but just with general reformed things, I, I clung to people that were look who were smart and said smart things and had a lot of scripture to back it up and let that kind of challenge me. Um, in my personality, I'm a, I'm a debater just by nature and my wife has helped sanctify me. So I'm not so annoying <laughs> and <rash laughs> a lot. She's helped. But my thing is I'll, uh, I'll, if someone comes at me with a new view, like post-millennialism and they'll say this and this and this, and I'll kind of argue from my perspective. And if it starts to make sense, I'll adopt that view and then in these Facebook groups, I will start to argue, I'll start repeating these arguments back to the premillennialists and the amillennialists and say this and this and this, what about this and this and this? And I'll I'll just basically act like I'm a post-mill un, until I see where no one's able to refute it or at least to, to what I consider to be, you know, a, a good refutation. And then if, if I'm, if no one can, can talk me out of it, then I kind of adopt it. That's kind of the way I do it. Um, oh, so that, cool. that happened with post mill that happened with, um, a lot of different things. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a fun progression, but Facebook has actually been super helpful. Did theonomy come from those sorts of discussions as well? Yeah, that came out of the pub actually. Um, ironically, there's not a lot of discussion of theonomy in the pub. I think it was, I, I don't even remember offhand who were some of the first people that, that I saw talking about it. I mean, I know there's people like you, um, but you were later on cause I don't think you I mean, you haven't been a theonomist for years or anything, right? I mean, within... um, oh, you were a th- theonomist before year, you were year and a half, Baptist, right? Maybe. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So, maybe, so it probably people like you and you know Paul Barth is out there quite a bit, and I, I like a lot of what he has to say. And um, I mean, you know, you know the whole theonomic crew. I basically just listen to what they say, and um, like I said, and it, it makes sense. So I kind of argue that point, and when I see the other side not making good arguments, I'm like, well. Maybe, you know, this seems to make sense. And then I, I kind of challenge myself uh, by if I, if there's a good argument against it, I'll, I'll kind of look that up or send you a message. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I, I, will, I will say just, just to clarify that uh, theonomy has probably been the newest um, theological doctrine that I'm, I'm learning about. I, I still haven't read a whole lot about it. I'm more, I'm not a huge reader. So I, I, I try to just stick to, scripture arguments that people make not that there's anything wrong with reading books at all by any means i mean obviously there's huge value but i i try to just look at what biblical support people give and then a lot of quotes from both sides but uh i i probably wouldn't say i'm 100 percent a theonomist i still got some questions about things but and how it all plays out and 
but it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, it makes it makes more sense to me than the other side. So, I you know gotcha. whether you want to call me a soft theonomist or what, but it, I'll usually argue for it. And then when someone gives me a good pushback, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll look that up. So cool. What about presuppositional apologetics? Oh man, I was such an evidentialist for years. My, when I first got into apologetics, right after I you know went to Bethlehem and got into Calvinism, I was because I'm a debater. I'm all about apologetics, looking the stuff up. I listened to Stand to Reason for I don't think I missed an episode for at least maybe like three years straight. Um, which that's probably nothing compared to people who've listened to Greg Kokel for you know a decade. But do you know? Have you heard of Greg Kokel before? Yeah. So he's he's a really good, smart guy. Um, I really like his his philosophy of speaking to atheists. You know, asking a lot of questions, clarifying questions, and 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 making sure that the you know the ball's in their court when it needs to be. So I was huge into evidentialism, and uh, I mean, I'm like memorizing these things. Like I need to remember these three questions. Like oh, that was a good. When they ask me this question, I got to go back with this, and you know, it's all these lists of things to remember and. So I listened to it all the time. And then I think it was uh, somehow I got turned on to James White and the dividing line. Um, and that's when I think that's when I got introduced to presuppositional apologetics. And yeah, just that turned my world upside down. I went from memorizing William Lane Craig one line answers to uh, it, it's so much easier. You know, just being able to stick to the foundation. And because I mean, you can't get to the nitty gritty details when, when it comes down to it. And, you know, even like Sai said in our interview, there's there's always a place for evidence, but you start with presuppositional apologetics first. What are the presuppositions, and then, um, and yeah, just start there. So that that came on. I think that came on before pedo baptism for me. That was probably as soon as I learned Calvinism, I got into apologetics, and then presup came. You know, a couple years after that. But yeah, I, I really like philosophy, so that really. I clung to that really, really strong when I when I first heard about it. I watched a lot of videos and stuff, but I just I love just the foundation, just sticking with. It's it's so simple. <laughs> you don't have to be a brilliant man who has all these minor details and facts memorized. Yeah, and if you want to memorize millions of facts and details, like good. Yeah. But apologetics is for every Christian, so yep. yeah, it's yep. pretty cool. There's your theological background. What about what do you, what do you do for a living? I I call myself a, I'm a digital marketer. So my my day job I'm a digital marketing specialist for an electrical distributor called Werner Electric. It uh, it basically we're a big warehouse that sells things, and we're a lot more than that. That's kind of you know obviously I'm in, I'm on the marketing team, so we brand ourselves as the the cheesy tagline. We deliver more than what's in the box. We're more than what we sell. You know other solutions and stuff like that but basically anything that electricity runs through we sell so it can be um something from a contractor so light switches conduit wire um fuses anything automation that's our kind of our probably more than half of our business is automation related so um plcs vfds robots i mean literally anything in that world and then we do clean energy and wind solar all that stuff and then datacom Literally, like if electricity runs through, we pretty much sell it. So it's not the most glamorous industry, but uh, it's uh, it's fun. So I'm, I, I, with the company, I manage our website. I do all our social media. We're getting, we just started getting into videos once I came onto the team. So we do I'm trying to do some videos on like tutorials, how to do this, how to do that, 
um, explaining things. And then uh, help with graphic design. So yeah, that's what I do full time. But I do a lot of side work too. Uh, I, I love, I know I just like working on the computer. So I like doing um, strategy and thinking about how to do things well online. Build a lot of websites on the side. Manage, I manage 24 Facebook pages for Played Against Sports. Um, just around the country, a couple in Canada. Yeah, anything, anything digital marketing related I do. I do a lot of side work. So if you know any, if anybody needs a website or even consulting, <laughs> I'm happy to help. But yeah, it's it's fun stuff. I love it all. It it's, keeps me busy. Not that my three kids don't keep me busy enough, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you get into that? Was was it something you were always fascinated with and you went to school for or was it just something that you like learned on your own and ended up like doing from experience or how did you get into that? Yeah, um, I worked for my father-in-law um, maybe four years ago, and he uh, just doing lots of different stuff for him. And he needed, I think he he needed a website for something, and he was hiring this guy out, and it was, it it didn't look that great. I'll just be honest. It was, you know, blue text, green headers, um, bright colors, just not wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the greatest looking website. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is not very good. Like, can I try to do something better? Like, there's got to be something else out there. And I, I didn't have any background in in web design or anything. Um, and he's like, well, yeah, sure, definitely. You know, I'm already working for him. So, you know, let's, if you can do it, do it. And so that's when I kind of got into teaching myself. You know, I think I, I stumbled on WordPress. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can do there, starting with basic themes and tweaking things. So I, I mean, every time I would need to make a change, I would Google it. So I learned HTML and CSS through Google, just trial and error and kind of starting to remember things and pick up things. And you, you know, in general, as you work on stuff more and more, you see how things work. And I really enjoyed it. So while I was working for him, I basically just kind of taught myself how to do all that. And then, you know, got into social media. I was like, we should be on Facebook. So I started doing that and we should be on Twitter. So we started doing that, designing just print stuff, flyers. And that's not my, my forte. I'm not a, I'm not an artist by trade. I, usually I can tell if something looks good or doesn't look good, but um, I, I like more the larger scale strategy and how things should be done and implemented effectively. But that's that's kind of how I got my start into it. I mean, I have a degree in business administration. I didn't, I didn't go to school for any of that. Um, but then, uh, so I, I did that for him for a couple of years and then um, just wanted to change to do something different and wasn't super interested in the healthcare field. So I, my buddy got a job got me a job at Werner Electric. He was a delivery supervisor and he's like, Hey, I can get you a job as a delivery driver. I'm like, Oh sure. That'd be fun. So I, I delivered to job sites and, um, electrician shops and all that kind of stuff, big businesses all over for about a year. And that was how kind of how I got my foot in the door with that company. And then right away, pretty much like within a couple months of working there, I started doing their social media for them. They didn't really have anyone focusing on it. They, they were kind of doing a little bit here and there. And that's kind of how I got my foot in the door with the marketing team. And then a year later, position opened up and my uh, my boss, my friend at the time, was super committed to helping me get into the marketing team because, you know, that's what I wanted. But I, I I couldn't get a job anywhere else doing it because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have it on paper, a degree that I went to school for this. So I kind of, gotcha. I was able to show them, you know, what I knew and what I could do. And they took a chance on me and it worked out. That's pretty cool. Yep. And... um. So how many kids do you have? Three, you said? Three kids, yes. 
What are their ages and what are their names? Uh, they are, we'll say, five and a half, three and a quarter, and one and a half. <laughs> okay. Something like that. Yeah. So uh, the five and a half year old is Emery. She's our first. And then we have two sons after that, Declan and Oscar. Those are pretty, those are pretty legit names. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. We like them. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you come up with those? You know I don't quite remember with Emery. I knew, you know, I, I knew of the, there's a, is it like a Christian metal band, Emery? Are they metal yeah. or just rock, whatever? I don't know. I, I've never actually listened to them, but, um, so I knew of that, I don't know, word. <laughs> I know there's Emory University, but, um, uh, I think my wife just came across it somewhere. It means home strength and we really liked it. So we just stuck with that. Emery Esther is her name. Um, and then Declan, uh, my wife, her last, her maiden name is Connor, so very um, Irish, and uh, we, she wanted to have an Irish name, and we just had a big list and found Declan, and we really liked it. Found out that uh, Elvis Costello's real name is Declan McGinnis, so that's kind of a little fun factoid. But, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so Declan, uh, Declan James, and uh, Oscar. That Oscar is my uh, great grandpa's name. So pretty legit. And so how long have you guys been married? Figured you were going to ask this. Let's see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's got a count. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I think like seven and a half years. Seven-ish. You yeah. think? I think April was seven. Oh, bro. <laughs> Dude, we have kids. This is, not, this is not something you that you forget. <laughs> 2008. So The is wife is going to hear seven. about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you got married two years after I graduated high school. Oh, how yeah? How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah. You're a youngin. <laughs> not, not that much younger. <laughs> yeah, not. I think I was twenty-three, so yeah, not that not that far off. Yeah, but marriage is good. Mallory's my wife. She's wonderful and amazing, and is fixing me every day. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, she's great. So she she stays at home with the kids. So that's a huge blessing. That uh, um, you know, growing up, she grew up. Um, her mom stayed at home, and uh, off and on, um, she has four other siblings. Often on they were homeschooled and I'd never been exposed to the homeschool world. So when, you know, we were, I don't even know if we discussed it when we were probably when we were uh, engaged or still dating um, about her staying at home. And, you know, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, sure. That's fine. But it's such a huge blessing. I just, I, I the, the couple of days where I have to stay with the kids cause she has stuff to do or, Oh my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> I'm like, barely getting by and and then being productive and like doing things and teaching the kids oh man so i yeah it's uh it's it's amazing though i love being able to give our kids a solid foundation in our education and even though it's you know emory's gonna start kindergarten this year it's still pretty early but yeah she's uh i, I definitely am blessed to have her cool and how did you end up getting on the dab post mail team because i don't think i knew you um no, I don't. I don't think I knew you before before we decided to to start this. Yeah, so I got added to uh, a f group Facebook message by Adam Moore, and it had Colin, Shaney, and John. And I'm like, I don't know any of these guys. I knew Adam. <laughs> um, I knew Adam from the pub, and uh, I helped him. I don't know. I don't know how we got connected, but we got connected somehow in the pub, and just became friends. He started performing and reloaded. I helped him build build his website, and um, I, I helped them with, uh, just help them with just, I don't know, 
general things and strategy and branding and things like that um, just for fun. So he messaged me one day and said, hey, how would you like to be on a podcast about post-millennialism? I'm like, no. <laughs> it would be fun to be on a podcast, but I haven't studied it enough to be able to give helpful insight in any way. I can maybe talk about the basics of it, but, you know, I don't have I don't have it all, you know, studied and memorized and whipping out scriptures and all that stuff. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I, it sounds fun, but I, I don't think it's for me. Thanks. And then it was about um, maybe a month or two later when I got added to that group message. And I think it was because they needed a website. I think Adam was like, hey, and I, I don't remember how the introduction went, but that, that's when we started discussing it, you know, last yeah. Was it like October or November or something? Something like that. Yeah. So I, he kind of threw me in and was like, hey, we, should, we need some help with stuff. So I helped I helped with, you know, just some of the, you know, the, the graphic work and built the website. And so now I, I, I do a lot of, I like, I like the back end stuff. So I, I handle all the, you know, the episode summaries and uploading the, the f- graphics and figuring out, finding good uh, blog posts. We're getting more people um, doing blog posts for us. So you, you have a couple... And then Jason Sanchez is like, hey, he actually, the other day, we have, or by the time this comes out, it'll probably have been a couple of weeks, but he just sent me a message like, hey, I was going to post this on Facebook today as a post, but let me know what you think of it. You want to use it on, on that post mill? And I yeah. read it and it was the, it was the Dominion, like, who are you doing Dominion for? Is it for you or for God? I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Nice. So <laughs> made that into a post. So I like, I like finding stuff that we can put on the website as resources and that's kind of, that's really what I really enjoy doing is if I have like a, a company or a brand and just finding as many different ways as possible of how to make it engaging and making people want to, want to, you know, go to the company or buy products or utilize the services or resources. So like with that post mill, you know, we put up the resources page so people can have links um, to, you know, all the books we recommend. So I think about myself, if I was new in this and I just heard about this stuff, I'd be like, okay, this theonomy thing, what is this? And if you go to the pub or if you go to a Facebook group, you never know who you're going to, you could get someone who's smart. You get someone who's just hates it and is jaded. You, you don't know what kind of stuff. It's a battle to try to find good information. So that's what I wanted for our resources page is theonomy. Here's books on it. Um, eschatology. Here's books on it. Even, you know, I, there's, we have a page if you just search eschatology chart, I think it it lists pre-mill, amill, dispensational, and post-mill. And, it, you know, fair, balanced, you know, like Fox News, fair and balanced uh, portrayal of each of them and books that support it. Are you telling me that this is the no-spin zone? <laughs> yes. Yeah, post-mill, <laughs> fair and balanced. Should change our tagline. Quote, unquote, <laughs> no-spin. <laughs> no-spin, yes, that you will notice, hopefully. <laughs> But so yeah, I loved I love taking a project and just thinking, coming up with new ideas of how I can make it better and yeah. So definitely keep going, you guys keep going back to datpostmill.com and look for new articles, new pages. We've got uh, some prints up there actually that one person messaged us. I think it was one of the first posts on datpostmill's Facebook page. Adam did, and it was a picture of honey with like a you know the little st- wooden stick thing that you use to put honey and stuff, and it had yeah. a um, that. I don't have, I don't know the verse offhand about being sweeter than honey, and that we got a Facebook message from someone who's like, "Oh, hey, my wife really likes that, and some of the other posts you guys have done those pictures. Can you tell me where you got them, or can you send them to us? So we, we want to print them out and hang them up." I'm like, "Oh, that's a good idea." So 
you know, 10 months later, eight months later, I finally got around to doing it. So I posted a couple on there where, uh, you know, obviously everyone hears that we need some support to help get some good uh, hosting. So you can actually download our episodes in iTunes. We're, we sell them for 99 cents. So you can go to PayPal on the via the link and pay 99 cents and we'll email you the high-res PDF. You can print it out and hang it up in your house. So just stuff like that. I think it, it's fun to come up with new ideas of what we can do. Pretty cool. So if anyone has any ideas of... So what Dustin uh, omitted to say uh, was that when when we first added when we first added you to the to that group chat, you you were like, oh, no, I don't want to, I don't want, I mean, I'll help with the background stuff, but I don't want to be on the show. And pretty yeah, much we were just no. like, we were just like, no, you're going to be on the show. You don't have a choice. No, you don't. No, it's not. It's not negotiable. You don't get. You're going to be on the podcast. And then it got to the time we were actually doing the first episode, and we we're like, Dustin, are you ready? And he's like, Are you guys serious about this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, No, you're going to be on the podcast. And he's like, I don't have anything to say. I'm like, Yes, you do. Come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, I, it was so, literally like, uh, Okay. So I went to my kitchen table with my laptop and earbuds. My wife was on the couch, <laughs> like twenty feet away. Like, okay, I guess I, I was so scared, man. I still try to not talk too much because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's great to have you on, man, because uh, despite you thinking that you don't know things, you do, and it's nice to have you on. So, Well, I appreciate that. So I'm sure everybody appreciates you a lot, especially the whole <laughs> podcast thing. <laughs> yeah, all the, the iTunes errors, people appreciate that. It never fails when, I, when we post the new episode on Facebook and you share it to like 400 different groups <laughs> it never fails that one of them someone posts a screenshot of unable to download and then you tag me <laughs> I'm like, dang it yep Calm every time me. it's not working every time yeah it's funny yeah we just got to get better hosting it'll happen when people give us money so. yeah adam and i are in the in the process of figuring some stuff out we're uh actually uh so yeah actually um adam and i are working on a different setup for our our hosting so that itunes doesn't keep trying to refresh the episodes and detecting a down site but uh david I, i'm gonna butcher his name mccookie mccookie i don't know how to say it um he sent us a message and reached out and said hey i do some front-end web development work and work with uh, amazon cloud hosting and so he uh offered to help us figure out a good solution through amazon um and he's got his own podcast is um culture and kingdom yeah that's what it is but uh so yeah go check him out but uh, he's going to help us figure out something, a good setup uh, through Amazon. It's supposed to be pretty cheap. And then eventually you will actually be able to listen to that Postmill episodes whenever you want to. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're working on that. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so I'm on. You're stuck with me. That's I like it. it. That's, and, and the irony, the ironic part of it is I think I've only missed one. I think I've been on more than Adam, <laughs> more than Shaney. Uh, and now probably more than John. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's funny. Yep. You're you're here to stay. Sorry, bro. Yeah. Until you kick me out. That's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Was there anything else you want to tell us about you? What Do you have any, like, you know, secret, secret identities? Are you secretly a superhero at night? Or do you uh, masquerade as a vigilante occasionally? Or... You know, I don't, I did not grow up watching any, I didn't read comic books. I, I wasn't into superheroes, any of that. So it's all still new to me. Everyone, I feel like everyone knows everything about, you know, the, the Marvel universe and, you know, 
Jovan comes on and has given us these backstories of Batman versus Superman. I'm like, really? Like, it's it's an actual plot, like, from the comic books? I thought this was just, like, a <laughs> Alien versus Predator. Oh, let's do Batman versus Superman. Oh, I, I don't. Funny. I seriously don't know anything. It's it's funny. So, I, I, there's no no secret identity. Um, what is What are your hobbies? I mean, what do you do for fun? You know what? Where I'm at in my life now, um, kids take up a lot of time, and they're a huge blessing. I love them. It's great. And, it, yeah where I'm at now is it kids and family is, is the majority of my life. Um, when the kids go to bed at night, um, that's when I, I, I guess my hobbies are digital marketing. Um, I've always got my foot in some door. Does that make sense? I've always got my hand in some cookie jar. I don't know. I'm always doing something, um, work, whether it's, you know, helping out the pub, um, you know, I, I help them get their first website, reformpubcast.com, um, get that set up and, um, Adam Moore and I do do a lot of side projects. You'll see some more stuff probably in the future coming out of that. Um, and just helping helping brothers out who um, are starting new ministries or new things. And I've I still I probably shouldn't say this because now I for sure have to do it. But I promised Jason Sanchez I'd help him with that postmill report and uh, reconstructionist radio websites. And I, it's been months, <laughs> and I just been too busy to actually do it. But I, I will help him get set up. I, I like, I like just helping friends out and that's part, maybe to my downfall that I just offer to help everybody. But, um, hobbies. I mean, I, I really like music. I like playing music and writing music. I'm not good at writing songs like words. I like just playing music, anything. Although I, I do like, I like rhyming. It's really weird. It's, it's I like making up kids with songs with my kids. Um, whether it's teaching them biblical doctrines, who is in the Trinity, just little, quirky you know five second things that we can sing back and forth with the kids uh, i like doing that um and i i used to like i think i'm gonna try to like poetry or or raps or something and everything that i would write comes out sounding like dr seuss like it's i think i just i'm trying too hard i'm, I'm trying funny. to rhyme too hard i have a bunch of stuff i've written i'm like maybe one day i'll go to someone who actually knows what they're doing like maybe john and be like look at this is this just can you do anything with this? Cause I'm like, I love it. And I'm like, oh, I love this, but it's so cheesy that I will probably ne- never let anyone see it because <laughs> I actually, I, I did do one for a, like a, an arts night at my church, uh, maybe a year or two ago where I read, it was, I kind of did it like a spoken word kind of thing. Um, just cause I don't know. I've like, um, I might as well, you know, say it in public once, but it's fun. I really enjoy doing it, but, um, I don't know if I'll, maybe I'll get into writing kids books or something. I want to do a, a kid's Bible. I think that'd be cool. Just to that'd be cool. make like a, a rhyming structure. For... If you think that if you're looking at it and you think that it comes out cheesy, maybe you should just shoot for cheesy. That <laughs> yeah. sells books, bro. I mean, like it's Dr. Tr- Seuss, super cheesy. It's true. Yeah. Uh, you said you play music. What instruments are you into? So guitar is kind of my main instrument. That's what I, my first um, dive into music. I took guitar lessons. Um, and then, um, from that, I just kind of pick up on things. I never took lessons on piano. I like to just, I I like to chord here and there and just kind of dabble around and play around on that. Um, and then I don't know, drums, anything I can get my hands on, I'll, I'll play. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not super good, but it's, you play um, drum set. I like to, yeah. I, I would love to have a drum set, but, uh, Nice. Maybe one day when we have a big enough house that I can have a separate room where when the kids are sleeping, they can't hear. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, definitely. it's just tapping all day long. 
I teach my kids to beatbox. That's 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 my uh, that's how I. All right, let me hear your beatbox. No, I, I I'm not good at all. Yes, you're gonna <laughs> I, do the it. way I teach my kids is to say piece of cake. <laughs> piece of cake. Piece of cake. It works. It works for a three year old. So it's hilarious. That's pretty cool. Hearing a three year old, even you know my eighteen month old, he'll as soon as he starts hearing anything with the beat, he kind of like bobs back and forth. <laughs> It's fun. No, I'm not like a good beatboxer at all. So I think yeah, I heard a guy in high anyway. school beatboxing. No, you like, gotta oh, do it. Cool. You gotta do it. <laughs> Compared you to made yours, me it's like throat, you made me Tuvan throat sing. You're going to beatbox only if you're is is uh is your girlfriend there? I, I forgot her name again. I keep forgetting. Um, Brooke. Brooke. Okay, sorry, Brooke. Will she will she rap along if I? No, she will not. No, <laughs> no. You just have to do it. No, it's not like. Good. I don't care. You're gonna have to do it. He's gonna be box. <laughs> <laughs> She's coming oh, back to listen. <laughs> oh great! Yeah, it's right, not. It's not good at all. No, I don't care. It's it's what I do while a song is playing because I can't sing, so I got to do something <laughs> along with it. Okay, so you <laughs> you can sing. <laughs> you choose not to sing, or because you don't think you sing well. There's yes, a difference. That's right. I I don't sing well, and so instead of humiliating myself singing poorly. <laughs> I beatbox poorly because less people hear it and it's more socially acceptable to make noises like that than to just belt out singing. And then kids, the kids like to do it. You really need, you really want me to just. Yes. Do it, I really want you to beatbox. We're not I, wrapping this up. Seriously, you you're going to laugh because it's anyone who tries it for the first time can do it better. Ready, set, go. Stuff like that. <laughs> That's not bad. That's not bad. Do it again. It's, it's again. literally different every time I do it. My buddy used to always do a, like, breathing in and breathing out on snare. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, consistently with, I'm, I, I don't know. So every time it's different. And that's even offbeat. <laughs> We're cutting this out, by the way. <laughs> All right. Next time that somebody's laying, laying down some, some lyrics, you're going to be doing the beatbox for that it. That was good. That was good. No, was no, it wasn't. It you're was like, offbeat. No, I still, I still yeah, it was good. I mean, what I, you know, how I started the first time I ever heard someone beatbox in high school, he went, um, it was like, it was like the smallest, quietest, like didn't move his oh, lips. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can do that. Is that beatboxing? <laughs> and then That's you awesome. hear people like you who actually beatbox, you're like, oh, you have to like make more noises than that. So yeah, I don't, uh, it, it literally is different every time I do it. I, I yeah, I don't do it in public. So we're gonna well, edit all that. We're out. gonna. I'm gonna talk to John, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna make this happen anyway. So <laughs> maybe, that's all uh, there is to it. I mean, what I'll do is maybe I'll give some of my lyrics to John, then he can make them less cheesy, and then you can beatbox them. We'll do somehow. We'll do a collaborative effort on, <laughs> okay. on all of our. All okay. Of our, yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Not very interesting. It uh, can't beatbox. Can I plug myself again? If anybody needs any digital marketing services, hit me up. <laughs> so without so without Dustin, we would not have a podcast, basically. <laughs> so Dustin <laughs> Dustin is definitely one of the backbones of the program. So love on Dustin. Go find him on Facebook and pester him about all of his digital media stuff because apparently he just loves helping people. <laughs> uh, for free. No. <laughs> no. I'm married now, so I, I do less free stuff because uh, yeah, if I'm yeah. going to take time away from my wife. 
<laughs> it's going to be getting paid for it, yeah. Right. Cool. Well, you can find us on datpostmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at datpostmail. One word, one L. Yep, one word, one L, datpostmail. Find us on Facebook. Uh, the page is called datpostmail. It's actually, it's two words on Facebook, isn't it? It is. And so, yeah, there's a there's a reason it is. So that's how Adam made it originally. But yeah. uh, with Facebook, if you have over 200 likes on your page, you can only change the name once. Um, and, uh, you know, we've thrown around the idea of potentially changing the name down the road just because, you know, it's some people like it, some don't. It's kind of trendy with the whole dat thing. And some people don't like it because it's like, oh, you just point to all the good things that happen. And as, as if that's, you know, it just gets annoying to people on both sides. Um, so, yeah, we've thrown around the idea of changing the name. And if when we do, we I want to be able to keep the f- same Facebook page and not lose all our content. So we're cool. leaving it dat space post mill for now until we do the the one final change. Pretty cool. Well, that's about that's all I got. Hashtag dat post mill. See you guys next week. I like that. Hey Knox, I know what you was doing, man. When you was doing all this, but. <laughs> Another one. Let's go. Walk, talk, eat, drink, sleep, dream. Gospel. Wake, pray, read, dress, work, think. Gospel. Press, fellowship, yes, church, hear, see. Gospel. Everything. Gospel. Everywhere. Everywhere.